Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. It's Sabina. How are you doing? We are entering the last week of February. It's an unusual year because we have a leap year. I think there's something where you're supposed to make a wish or do something special on leap year day. I can't remember what it is, but you have that extra day of the year, make the most of it. Don't blow it all on work. Do something fun. Do something for yourself. I guess I'm speaking from this mindset of last weekend, I took probably the first little mini vacation or trip I've done in over a year. Something that wasn't connected to work, to business. I say this all the time. Being out of work is hard. Taking care of yourself having fun. Uh, I, I quote from the book, The Fun Habit by Mike Rucker all the time. I have to send Mike a thank you note because I did nothing but have fun for the past few days. And I do feel very rejuvenated. He is right. Fun is the antidote to burnout. So take that opportunity in whatever little way you can. It will reap great rewards. I want to get right into it today. And I always say, oh, I have these great plans for what I want to podcast about and write about and post about. And then I get questions and real life scenarios come up. And that throws my meticulous plans out the window. I grapple with that because I am a planner. But I think it's important to respond to what people put out to me because that is what's relevant. That is what is important to the people who listen to this podcast or read posts. So right away, we are in very low unemployment. I've been quoting that for a while. It's great. A lot of people think this means there aren't quality jobs out there. I want to dispel you of that rumor, quite the opposite. We are still in that labor shortage where there are more jobs than people. People come back to me and say, then why aren't I getting interviewed? I think organizations have yet to really catch up with a lot of recent changes in the employment landscape. They're following these old rules. 
That will change with time, but it's hard to fight an institution. Organizations do not like hiring when there is low unemployment because they have this misconception about the quality of talent out there. They're still going on this mindset that only people who need jobs are looking or they're not a high quality or a skilled candidate. We are in this age where people are going to leave jobs for a host of reasons. It might be the environment of the job. It might be they want to try something new. We all have to embrace this new way of thinking about the way we work. Organizations, you guys have to get with it or you are not going to have quality talent. It's out there. Interview for it, hire for it. This brings me to the question that came up right as I was leaving on my trip. I had a couple of candidates, actually three different candidates, reached out to me that they had interviews happening. And over the course of while I was away, I got updates. And I found it so interesting. I'm going to focus on two of them. What I want to talk about today is the interview process itself. And no, I'm not going to give you these tips of things to do in the interview process. I've done that enough. You're going to find people who will write tons of articles and posts. There's going to be hundreds of them of how to ace an interview. That's not what today is all about. I want to talk about what's behind these hidden things in interviews, their purpose, what's really happening, what they reflect in your job search. I don't think we talk about that enough. I had two people who came back to me and said, got interviews. They're a higher level of job. That means there's going to be multiple rounds of interviews. Remember, the higher up the role you're interviewing for, or the more interactive that role is in an organization, the more interviews and the more people you're going to have to talk to. I think that's a good thing. Embrace that. It's not a reflection of you. It is a reflection of the organization. If they're a thorough organization and they're mindful and strategic, yes, you should be talking to a lot of people there before you go. So two candidates, one of them is going for something very high level. I knew they had the interview last week. I gave them the text of good luck thinking of you. Within about two hours, they texted me back, not very happy, and they said, it was a screen. It lasted less than 15 minutes. They asked me seven questions and they did not seem very engaged. They were really angry. I don't blame them. They're like, what on earth is going on? Why waste my time like this? I said, okay, fine. What is, did they give you next steps? And they wrote back saying, I'll know in a couple of days about whether or not I'm going on to the next round. And I thought about it. This is someone great skill set. They were actually interviewing within their organization. And I thought about it and I went back and I said, I think the thing is, remember, I think it's a given that you're going into the next round, but they have to pro forma, go through the same steps with every candidate. Everyone knew this is a formality. They've seen your work. They really don't need you to answer these questions because they've witnessed how you handle things. I would just go on with my day. I know you're going on to the next round. 
I'm sorry they didn't handle it better, but I think you're good. Sure enough, they texted me on Friday saying, yep, I'm interviewing next Friday for the final round. Great. The other person had an interview. It was a panel interview. They knew that they had to make a presentation based on a real work scenario. I reached out to them and how did that go? And they just were scratching their head. They're like, I don't understand what just happened here. It felt very surreal. All right, tell me about it. They said there were three people in the interview. There was one person who more or less interviewed them. My candidate had already met the other two people. And they said that they felt like they were not necessary in the interview. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. This is intriguing. They said, the people who I've met who definitely are higher on the food chain than the third party in the interview, it seemed like they were more concerned with that person than with me. I'm like, okay, tell me a little more. This is intriguing. They were giving that third party a lot of direction. My client went through with their presentation, their case study. I said, how did it end? They said, oh, they told me what the next round was and that I should be hearing by the middle of next week. I thought about it and I talked it out with them. And I said, I think the issue is that you're interviewing at a company where if you get this role, you're going to interact on a unique level of diversity. Usually we equate age and experience as, the, as kind of things that correlate to each other and knowledge. We are now entering this world where that's not true anymore. Where people who are a little on the younger side have an amazing amount of knowledge because they're learning things that weren't even taught to older generations. I have a lot of people, self-included, who are facing this thing where the person who I'm going to report to could be younger than me. That's a huge thing to wrap your head around. What you have to find out in the interview process, what organizations are looking for is, how are you going to fit with that paradigm, with their work culture, with these new scenarios that we're facing? I told my client, I said, I think what was happening was, yes, you were being interviewed. You were being regarded as how you handle somebody who has a lot more knowledge than you do in something because they could be reporting to you. You don't need to have that knowledge. It's really how you handle working with someone who is your expert, who might have a different education or background than you and how you mesh with the team. This was also probably a bit of a stretch exercise for that person to see how they handled telling someone who was definitely more experienced and tenured and higher ranking about a situation. We talked about it for a while and we think that we're pretty much on the same track. That client just found out going on to the next round. So clearly they handled it well. And this is what I'm thinking about for today. It isn't always about the knowledge you bring to the table or the experience. When you get to that interview stage, there are all these underlying factors that go into the process. Let's take the interview apart and talk about what was behind all that. By the time 
an organization has that field of candidates that they have, they pretty much have ranked them. It is either overt or subtle, but somewhere around they have decided that, you know what, I, I really, this is the person I'm thinking I want for the role. The interview is either to confirm or deny that in most cases. This is important is because it's how you also regard the process and each step and that it provides feedback for you. I know when you're out of work, the interview seems like you have found the holy grail. And we get very tied to that, that if I'm getting interviewed, I'm getting the job. You are closer to getting the job. And it's great, but it's not a given. Let's talk about the phone screen. The phone screen is that initial, you get the email from the recruiter or the phone call, the voicemail that says, found your resume. Thanks for applying for the job. I'd like to talk to you about it. And we get super excited, especially if we've been dealing with crickets for a while. A phone screen is the recruiter, maybe in some cases, the hiring manager reaching out to connect with you. What does it mean? If you get called for the phone screen, the number one piece of feedback this gives you is that your resume, your application has made it through the applicant tracking systems. You've somehow gotten through the filter. So you did something right. All the time I talk about your job search tools have to align with your mission. Congratulations. That resume, whatever you filled out in the application, maybe you used your network, all of that work to get you the phone screen. That's the easiest way to put it. You've hit, you've checked some boxes. They're doing a slightly deeper dive. They are probably trying to figure out the vibe of you, whether or not you are engaged, introvert, extrovert. Are you going to be a good fit? Are you a candidate that I, as a recruiter, want to put forward to a hiring manager? You will be a reflection of whether or not I'm doing my job correctly. Other things that a recruiter might be checking out in that phone screen. I'm so glad we can talk more about this earlier in the process, but money can be a big issue. Are we in the same range or do we shake hands and say, it was nice talking to you. Good luck. Hours, location, availability. Once in a while, a phone screen will be confirming a skill set. They're going to take your word for it in a resume. They're going to look at your experience. If a field is very technical, you might have a recruiter that specializes in that, that might ask you a few questions. If they're really going to test your skill set, that will happen later in the interview. But this is it. This is the phone screen. I will tell you something else that a lot of people don't share. When I worked as a recruiter, I had a quota. I had to talk to a certain number of people for every job that I had open on my roster. Sometimes it is just a checking of the box, not a reflection of you. Take that positive feedback of my resume made it through. Somebody called me. That means there's more coming my way. Be your best at your phone screen. Of course, make sure that you are, you know what you want. You know what you want from the organization. Do not settle for less. Feel out the recruiter. Were they courteous? Did they get back to you when they said they would? Are they focusing on you? If this is how this person is acting to you, this is an organization that you want to continue going through the process with. 
all of that comes from that tiny little phone screen. It's a really crucial step. It helps you decide whether or not you need to change up your job search in any way, be it what you're aiming for, your job search tools, or the organizations you're looking at. A lot can happen from that phone screen. That phone screen that is more a reflection of your job search tools than you. I know we take unemployment very personally. I know I did. I know the people I work with do. I ask people all the time, try to take that emotion out of it. That's why self-care is so important. That's why you need to look for feedback like, am I getting a phone screen? If I get a phone screen, do I go on to the next role? What are those steps and the results of those steps telling you about your search? That's when you decide whether or not to adjust. Let's just say you've made it through your resume, any social media, the phone screen, all of it checks all the boxes. All the boxes are checked for you. That's just as important. Now you're going through that all important in-person interview. Even if it's a Zoom, think about what this means that you're doing the interview. Yes, it means there's a really good chance you're a fit for the job. It is the job you want. And what happens in that interview and how important that is. What they're looking for, they know you've got the goods. What people are looking for in that interview is, are you a good mesh with the team? Not necessarily a reflection of you as an individual or an employee. Whenever I had to hire somebody as a manager, one of the things I always had to take into account was the balance on my team. Would everyone work well together? Were there new skills that I was looking for? Did I want to start to make changes within my team? And here was my opportunity to do that. Did I want to bring in someone new and shake things up? If you aren't necessarily fitting that hiring manager's idea or ideal, again, not a reflection of you. It is a reflection of what they are looking for. There used to be this mentality in the job search of do whatever you have to do or say to get the job. I disagree with that. I think you should definitely come across as your best self. I think you should be yourself. But if you are, lying is such a big word and a hard word to say for this, but if you are, let's just say, pretending to be something you're not or highlighting a behavior. Uh, I don't mean lying about whether or not you're qualified, but if you're an introvert and you have a panel interview and everybody is incredibly outspoken and bombastic and talking over each other and you're, it's like being at like a big family dinner or something like that, and you need a lot of quiet time, this might not be the best fit for you. So you need to observe all of that and understand people interviewing you, they're looking at that too. They're looking at those subtle behaviors and sometimes overt ones that you bring to the interview. Are you courteous? Are you on time? Are you organized? Are you prepared? Those are things we should all be. But then there are all those subtle things. Do you have the same energy level as the rest of the group? Do you, are you going to be aloof? Are you going to be too outgoing? Is it a group of introverts? All of those things play into it. 
You don't want to pretend to be something you're not because you spend more time at work than anywhere else. It just won't be a good fit for either you or the group. And that is just as important as skill. Other things to think about in the interview and keep in mind, they also might be filling a quota. There, a lot of times, there might be an internal candidate. That's a whole other podcast. Keep it in perspective. Keep those emotions of, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a job. Try to keep those in check. Just look at it as the interview in the moment. Organizations, in fairness, when they are interviewing people, everyone goes through or should go through the same process, the same questions. I know it's not always 100%, but that is to avoid discrimination, to be fair, to be ethical. That candidate I told you about earlier who said no one was even engaged, the the screen lasted like 15 minutes. I felt it was a given because they knew they wanted to put them through to the next round. I wish they had done a more thorough job for both the client's sake and their own. My guess is it was this pro forma thing of, okay, we have to put everyone through the same phone screen. Yes, they do. I think that means they should also do it with the same amount of enthusiasm and energy. I hope they showed other clients a little more of that, but you might be part of just a routine process. That hurts when you're a candidate. You might never know. So if you didn't get a job, it might be for that reason. I don't think anyone's using you, and I'll get to them in a minute. It's still practice for you. It's a chance for you to interact with others. Feedback of, did I do a good job in that interview? Did I answer the questions thoroughly? Did I ramble? Did I need to give more detail? Everything is information and information is good for you. Make sure you are being true to yourself and your values and what you're looking for. You might be thinking, okay, so if some of this is pro forma, if some of it has already been decided, what do I do? The future is never 100% decided. And I have a couple of uh, examples of this. There's always the opportunity to change someone's mind. There's always the opportunity to improve your interview skills. The best job search tool you have is you. Any interviews, any screens is this really great check-in as to how your job search is going. Do you need to change something to be more successful? Are you eliminating possibilities? I think when you eliminate things, it helps you focus more on what you want and what you need. It takes a lot of practice not to take these things personally especially as you, as time goes on and you're worried about job gaps and what you need. I firmly believe everyone gets a job who needs and wants one. It is refining your search and your aim and taking that feedback and incorporating it where you need to do it and improve where you need to and leveraging the strengths. Every interaction on the job search, even if it's hitting the apply button, gives you feedback. You have to be open to it and mindful of it. Why continue with the interviews? Because it is that you have to, you need a job, 
but it is also the chance to get that data, that information, and that feedback. I think this is where a lot of people struggle in the job search. They come back from an interview and they don't post game. We look at the film, the highlight reel, and we say, did this well. That's an area for improvement. This is what I would do differently. We ignore that feedback and we move on to the next one, especially if we have them a couple of interviews close together. Do not do that. Go through that highlight reel. Do not turn off the TV to another channel. You want to make sure that you debrief and get information and constantly improve. It will show great results. But even if you get the feeling that you're just being asked in for someone to check a box or hit a quota, here's why you should do it anyway. You never know what will happen. I'm going to share three stories with you. And it's my way of advising you how to handle things. First thing is, as I just said, be strategic. When you go into an interview, be really mindful and observant and pick up on those subtle things of how you're being treated, how people in the room are interacting with each other. Is it like my one candidate where maybe the interview isn't really about you? Maybe you will go to the next round or they don't want you. Look at it as practice. See if there's something you can change in how you planned to do this interview on the spot. That takes a little bit of practice and a lot of mindfulness. But observe everybody. And are these people you want to work with? Is this a team you can mesh with? Is it what you want? Watch how you react. Watch how they react. So story about me, because I always like to bring these things in, my own experience. I interviewed for a job. And I interviewed with a lot of people on a team. It was a day-long thing. I noticed that there was one person who was, I will say it, they weren't rude. They were definitely demanding in the interview. I definitely felt like I was being grilled and on the spot. And I'm fine with that. It was a top-level role. I felt I responded well in the interview. I ended up getting the job. And my first week, I asked my new manager, I said, why did you hire me? And the feedback I got was they polled everybody after they interviewed me and asked them to rank all of the interviews, all the candidates. And I was everybody's first choice with one exception. And I said, oh, okay, thank you for that. And then I was asked, do you want to know who that was? Which I thought was an odd question. And I just said there was one person who seemed to push back a lot. But I understand it's a big decision. The manager said the name of the person who had done that to me. And I said, yeah, if you're asking me, yes, that was the person. My manager replied, yeah, I told them to do that in the interview. And at the time, I laughed it off. Now that I think back on it, I find that to be a very unprofessional thing. At the time, my manager said, we can be really difficult here. I wanted to make sure you could handle your own. I think hazing an interview candidate is unnecessary. Uh, candidates in an interview want to need the job. They will tolerate a lot of things. It was unnecessary. 
as a candidate, I should have realized if this person's behavior was tolerated, encouraged, or as I found out my first week, actually requested. This is probably not an environment I want to be in. If that behavior is tolerated, it was, it did color my time in that organization. And I should have realized it was not an organization for me. I wasn't that observant. I wasn't in that mindset. That's why I want you to be in that mindset. I'm all for testing a candidate's skills, looking at their behaviors, doing it unnecessarily. I don't have time for that, and I don't think you should either. Uh, You need to trust me as a candidate, as an employee, that I can work well with your team. But if you think your culture is challenging unnecessarily, rather than making sure you hire candidates who can handle that, maybe you should look at changing the culture. That's my soapbox moment. Every interview is a learning experience. But here's another reason to keep on with the interviews. There is so much that goes on behind the scenes in setting up interviews, and I'm sure you've experienced this. Organizations are counting on you being incredibly flexible. When you agree to an interview day or time, when you move your schedule, when you jump, organizations will expect that from you as a candidate. I think it's fine to set a boundary. The client I told you about who had that Zoom interview was originally asked day and time. They had plans. And they went back and said, I can't do that. And this is why. Them going through to the next round, the exact same thing. The client came back and said, you do understand I'm in a high-level role. It involves a lot of travel. I've had these things on my calendar for a while. They sent a very clear message to the organization. I want to work with you, but I expect you to work with me. I think that's an incredibly healthy boundary to make. I once worked for a global company where we were hiring somebody for our department in another location. We had made arrangements for four people, including myself, from our department to go to this city, go to our location, and interview candidates. I reached out to the recruiter and I said, do you have resumes for me to review on the plane? Do you have a list of questions? The recruiter came back and said, we don't have anybody yet set up to interview. I paused for a minute. I said, okay, it's Monday. We're all going to be there on Wednesday. And the response I received was, we'll have people. People consisted of two people to interview on Wednesday. We hired one of them. We were lucky. Think about this. We decided on who to hire for a job, not necessarily based on, yeah, they probably, they had the skills on paper, not a rigorous screening process or anything like that, but based on, we had two candidates who showed up because they were the two people who were available on Wednesday. That scared me about the organization I was working for at the time, but that more than anything should tell you, the candidate. Sometimes these things are a bit capricious. 
They are a bit unsteady, and sometimes it's luck. We lucked out as an organization. We hired someone who is still there today. They ended up being an incredible candidate. Pure luck. That is more the exception than the rule. I mentioned earlier, sometimes there's an internal promotion or sometimes with candidates, hiring managers, recruiters, we're human, we do it, we tag somebody and we say, yeah, this is my top candidate. I do think that carries over to the interview process. I've seen it. I'm sure I've done it. But I keep telling you, you still have to show up as your best self. You still have to give it your all because you never know what's going to happen. I had a client who had been six months in the job search without an interview. They were all excited. They got an interview. Then they came back to me more than a little upset, wanting to pull out because they told me the recruiter told them, just so you know, we think we've targeted someone we want to hire. However, the hiring manager wants to make sure that we have the best possible candidate for the job. So they wanted to see some more people. Part of me applauds that transparency. And another part of me wonders, could you not have said that a lot better? Or should you have even shared that information? My client was more than a little upset saying, great, first interview I've gotten in six months and they don't even want me. What do I do? We met and we decided that their only option was to give it their all. And this was the opportunity to change their minds. They got through the first round. They were asked to come up with a presentation. And then they were told, it is between you and the person that we had initially flagged as the person we want to hire. Candidate came back to me and said, what do I do? And we, there is no other option but to give it your best. So they did. They got the job. You always have the opportunity to change someone's mind and prove them wrong, but not if you don't take it. You have to look at, and this is one of the hardest parts of the job search, it's this combination of every phone screen, every application, every interview is your opportunity, but then you have to be okay if it turns out that it wasn't to move forward. And that's one of the hardest things to do in the job search. That's why I've shared these stories. You never know what's going to happen. And you take every opportunity you get and you remain hopeful. But if it doesn't turn out in favor of you, you take that feedback you apply it to the next opportunity. One of the things that I refer to this is that you invest but don't attach. It is the hardest thing I think you will do in this job search. Knowing who you are, prioritizing yourself and your care, knowing what you want are ways to make sure that you don't just leap into that first opportunity, that you don't get deflated if things don't go in your favor. One thing we still struggle with as candidates is the fact that we are interviewing the job 
the organization, the team, the manager, as much as they are interviewing us. I would love to see one day it become a conversation of, is this a good fit? Let's talk about it, rather than this place of judgment. I think we're a long ways from that, unfortunately. But understand that you ultimately decide where you work and what is best for you. It has to be what you want, what you need. I get the just for now job. I get the income job. I get the idea that maybe your career is not the number one thing in your life and it's a way to get money and benefits so you can focus on your family, your your personal life. Whatever it is that you want and need, you have to also make sure that wherever you're going to work is going to supply that to you. No one is more responsible for you and your career than you. And you have to take the lead and know what you want. More than ever, we as candidates, we as employees, make the decisions. We are the ultimate decision makers. Once you make that shift in your mind, the job search becomes a lot easier and you have a lot more control. As you go into interviews, as you get phone screens, keep that in mind, look for the feedback, adjust where you have to, focus where you need to, ultimately remind yourself, it's your decision, it's your career, you are the person in control. That's what I have for today. I hope this has helped. I wish you tremendous success in your job search. I know eventually you will find the job that is right for you. Thanks for listening. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out of work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sulat. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast. I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.